Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. All right. Hey, we are taking a break from our current sermon series this morning. And we will resume next week. We're going to finish off the uh, Fruit of the Spirit sermons. I hope uh, that you'll be there. I look forward to seeing you guys there. This morning we have a special treat. Uh, We get to hear from one of the elders here at VFC, who is also one of my favorite people. Um, she um, She is just a joy and a blessing to be around. And if you know Miss Vicki Jackson, uh, you know that she uh, always brings peace, always brings joy, always brings wisdom to any place she goes. And when she steps in the room, she just classes the place up. I'm telling you, it's just, it's really cool. The Lord sent her and her daughters uh, to this church. I don't know, I don't think she'll maybe share about that or not, but um, I mean, he just told her to go here. Um, and so we are blessed and honored to hear from a, a mighty woman of God this morning. Y'all welcome, Miss Vicki Jackson. Good morning, VFC family. Praise God. I, for a moment, let's just give God all the glory and all the honor and all the praise because he is so worthy of it. You know, there is nothing that we can say or anything that we can do to make him love us more. There's nothing we can say or or do to make him care for us any more than he already has and is. There's nothing. I mean, even if we came forth with all of our money, all of our education, all of our all in all, none of that will cause him to love us anymore, to care for us anymore, to do for us anymore than what he has already done. And I thank God for that. Because when I came to him, I had nothing. I had nothing at all except for my faith. And at the beginning, I didn't even have that. But he loved me anyway. He loves you anyway. So this here, what we bring before him, is just like I heard earlier, the icing that is on the cake. It is just what we have to bring him, and he's not asking for any more. Because when we didn't have anything, he died for us. He did the best, and dying for us was the best that he could have ever done for any of us. So let's give the Lord a praise. Let's tell God thank you. On this morning, I um, just want to share with you concerning 
faith to believe the impossible. But afterwards, I think it was Friday or Saturday, there was another little portion that came along with that. And I was like, ooh, ooh. And then the Holy Spirit said, just add it. Just add it. And the add-on part was, and it shall come to pass. And I said, oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. So I don't know if a lot of you can remember seeing a movie. And when the movie first starts, at the bottom of the movie, it, it'll say, um, this was the current part of the movie. What you're seeing now was the end. And then it'll say, three years ago, it's like it will go back and bring you up to the current. That's where the Lord wanted me to go today. And if you will turn to Hebrews, and every time I hear Hebrews, I think about Eric. Hebrews 11, yeah, Hebrews. <laughs> it's Hebrews 11, 32 through 34. And on this morning, I'm going to share with you about a gentleman by the name of Gideon. This man was amazing. This man believed God during the time when he was faced with something that seemed so impossible. But we're going to start from the end, and I'm going to go back to the beginning. And in the book of Hebrews, and I'm reading from the translation the Passion Translation, and it says, And what more could I say to convince you? For there is not enough time to tell of the faith of Gideon. Not only with Gideon, but with Barak. Not only with Barak, but with Samson. And with, uh, I'm going to spell this name, J-E-P-H-T-H-A-A. Through faith power, they conquered kingdoms, and they established a true justice. Their faith was fashioned, fastened unto their promises and pulled them into reality. It was faith that shut the mouths of lions, put out the power of raging fires, and ceased many to escape certain death by the sword. Although weak, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked encouragement within them and they became mighty warriors in battle, pulling armies from another realm into battle array. And faith-fulfilled women saw their dead children raised by the resurrection power of God. So from the end, we see that Gideon made it to the hall of faith. And now we're going to go back and see how he did that. In the book of Judges, as a matter of fact, it is the book of Judges, chapter 6. There's a man named Gideon, and with Gideon, he was a man that felt as though that he could not do anything. 
He came from a family that, that they didn't amount to anything, at least he thought so. It also was a time when he thought that he was unfit, he was insignificant, he was unqualified, and he was the least of his father's house. He totally felt unworthy. But how many of you know that when God has a call upon your life, none of those things right there matter? Not one. So if you even think of yourself as being unfit, unworthy, insignificant, all of that, God is saying, you're the person that I'm looking for. You're the person that I could use. You're the person that is called for a time such as this. So with Gideon, for him, he was thinking, I cannot be used by God. How can I be used? Because at this time, the children of Israel was facing a mighty battle. They were up against the Midianites, the um, Amorites, and I don't know how many other knights that was there. But for him, God was calling Gideon out, and he said, you're the man that's called for a time such as this. The, the Midianites had pushed the Israelites up against the wall. They were actually living out of caves. Their back was so up against the wall that they did not know what to do. But it's something that I love about God. When his children cry out to him, he hears their cry. So the children of Israel cried out to God, and they wanted, and they needed, and they needed God to show up and deliver them. But out of all of that, God said, I got a man, even though he thinks he's insignificant even though he thinks he can't do it, even though he thinks that he's the least of the house. This man is going to deliver the children of Israel into the place that God would have him to be. However, according to 1 John 4 and 4, this is what God says about those that consider themselves inadequate, unworthy. But you belong to God, my dear children, You have already won a victory over the people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. God will cause you to be greater than anything that you're facing. And this is what God was about to do for Gideon. God called Gideon and he told him, he says, I am going to make you win this war over the the Midianites and the Amorites, as one man. In Judge 6 and 16, the book of Judges, the Lord said unto Gideon, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. That was a mystery to me. Because I'm thinking, how in the world can Gideon fight the Midianites and the Amorites which the Bible says that they had more cattle, they had more donkeys, they had more horses than you can even count. So that was a mighty army right there. So how is it that Gideon is going to be able to fight all of them as if they were one man? The Holy Spirit told me, say, when God is for you, who can be against you? When you're standing there and God is with you, I don't care what it looks like out there. God is there. And back in Hebrews, 
let me go back. I got to go back and read this again. Back in Hebrews, it says that God will pull armies from another realm into battle array. So even while you're standing by yourself, what it looks like by yourself, God will pull another army into the realm, into the reality of where we are. And where it seems to be like it's only you, just like it was with Elijah and with his company, Elijah said, God, open up their eyes that they may see that there is more with us than they that be with them. Spiritually, spiritually, God has us encamped about with such a power, with such might, with such strength that no matter what battle you're standing up against to the enemy, they already are looking and saying, we're already defeated. There's no way we can win this battle. They already see and they already know that there is more that be with us. But a lot of times, like I heard earlier, a lot of times we need to know that there's more with us than they that be with them. Because a lot of times we think just because we're inadequate, inadequate or that we're not worthy, we're standing up against the enemy by ourselves. And God is saying, no, no, you're not. So with Gideon, God challenged him. And he says, okay, you're going to be the one. You're going to be the one, and you're going to defeat this enemy as if it was one man. Now, I come from a time where, I may not come from a time where I thought it was funny to watch the Three Stooges. (laughs) Oh, I saw somebody's hand go up in the back, so I'm not by myself. So with the Three Stooges... They have a way of poking out the eye, kicking the foot, doing all kind of stuff, you know, in order for them to defeat whoever that is that's before them. And as I was reading this, I say, Father, I'm seeing the three stooges right about now. I'm seeing Gideon defeating the army of the Midianites and the Amorites just like a three stooge poking out the eye, kicking of the feet, but but you can only do that when you're not being intimidated, when you're not being overthrown by what you see naturally. So what God wanted Gideon to get, to get, was that even though the Amorites and the Midianites looked like a mighty force, He said, but I need for you to see them as though they're one man. It's not so intimidating when you're up against one man because you're thinking like the three stooges. I can poke out the eye, I can kick them in the leg, and I can do that. But it's hard to do that when there is a multitude of people. But we got to understand when God calls you to that place like that, And he's telling you that the battle is already won and you got the victory over it. See yourself as the one man, the one man that is defeating all of the enemy that's out there. And you're going to beat him as though you're by yourself. But know that you're not alone. 
So with Gideon, God says, I'm going to put you to a greater challenge. I need for you now to just go and pick out an army. And I want these men to be with you as you face that great battle, that great mighty men that are out there. Gideon was so afraid that he's like, okay, Father, if this is you, if this is you, Lord God, then help me. And I'm so glad that it's in the scripture that we have that opportunity to say, Father, help my unbelief. Because at this time, Gideon was now dealing with a little bit of unbelief. So what he did is God told him, say, go out and pick. And he did. But then God told him, say, but I think you got a little too many. And I'm, I'm thinking like Gideon now, how is this too many? Based on what they have, how is this too many? God said, you got too many. Get rid of some. Get rid of some. So then the question was asked, how many of you out there that's afraid? Half the people raised their hand and God said, well, send them home. I can't deal with people that's afraid. They already can claim that they're afraid. So how are they going to go with Gideon to defeat that mighty army that was coming against him? And now I can see Gideon becoming more afraid because half of the men that he had decided we going home. This is just a little too much for us. So then God tell Gideon again, you still have too many men. And I'm thinking he's saying, oh, my goodness. What in the world am I about to do? But when God is for you, remember that people, remember that family. When God is for you, who can be against you? No one, no one. So now God tells Gideon, he say, okay, with the men that you have, let's see how many of them will mm, lap like a dog or scoop up water with their hand. So now Gideon is trying to figure out, now how is this going to work? But he did what God say do. And sure enough, the men that the total amount of men that God set aside for Gideon was only 300. So now he has 300 men and the men that God chose were the men that were able to bring up water with their hand and then drink it. Reason being, because if you lap like a dog, you can't see an enemy. If you lap like a dog, your head isn't up. If you lap like a dog, the only image you're going to see in that water is yourself. And if you're thinking that you and you alone can defeat a mighty army that the enemy has set up against you, you're wrong. So that's why God wanted the men that knew how to bring the water up to them. Because their head stayed up. Their eyes was on the Lord. They can see what God see. They can hear what God he says. And that's the kind of men that God wants now. Those are the kind of people that God wants. Because as long as you're bent down and bent over, God can't use you. He needs you to be able to stand. Because the words say when you stand and you stand, therefore, God is with you. So after three, the rest of the men left, and there was only 300 left, it's like, okay, all right, here we go. 
how is this going to work out now? But remember, like I said, when God is with you, there's no one that can be against you. There's no mighty army. One of the things God told Gideon, he says, okay, listen to what I have to say. Not only do you have three men, but I need for you to get three lamps. Not three lamps, 300 lamps. With the 300 lamps, there will only be 300 trumpets. With the 300 trumpets, there will be only the 300 men divided in hundreds that was going to stand. And it was those men that were going to defeat the army. But one of the things I liked about the scripture when it says that even with those 300 men, one of the things that God told Gideon was to tell them, say what I say, do as I do. And that's a powerful thing with the Lord. Say what I say, do as I do. Now, when they did that, they were able to defeat them because Gideon told them, he says, when you say what I say and you do what I do, the army will be defeated. The enemies of the Midianites and the Amorites will be destroyed. There was only one voice, and when that one voice went out, the one voice said, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And that's all they had. But when God is for you, who can be against you? We need the faith to believe the impossible, and that's what Gideon did. So let me share with you something here. Do not let the size of a situation intimidate you, no matter what it is. No matter what it is, no matter what it looks like. For there be more with you than they that be with them. Romans 8 and 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, my grace is all you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Stay with God no matter what, no matter what. Don't focus on what's going wrong. And that, that right there can tend to kind of throw you to the wayside a little bit. When we begin to focus on how big the army is, how big the circumstance is, what I don't have, who I am not, why is it going this way? Woe is me. Woe is me. But the Lord say, focus on what's going right. What's going right. What is right. Keep your eyes open to those things. The enemy would love for you to get down and start feeling sad, start feeling bad, start looking at your situation, start looking at all of the things that are not right. Instead of looking at what is right, behold the Lord, behold your God, behold your king. He's your right. He is your right. And as long as you're facing the enemy and as long as you're looking at him, he'll keep you in the right place. 
It is hard. It is hard, real hard to complain and to be looking at those things and crying and doing all of that when you keep your eyes on God and you remember what it is that he's doing. I've heard it right here at VFC. Keep your eyes on your Ebenezer. Remember. Keep remembering what it is that God has done. Remember how he brought you out. Remember how he delivered you. Remember how he saved you. Remember how he restored you. And when you remember, it's hard. It's real hard to focus on what's wrong. If we continue to look at what God has done, All you can do is say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Your gratitude level begins to grow. How good it is to wake up every morning and just say, thank you, Jesus. You haven't even put your feet on the floor yet. You don't even know what your day going to be like. But you're already saying, thank you, Jesus. Haven't had breakfast yet. Don't, what, don't even know what's going to happen on the job, but you're saying, thank you, Jesus. Right. Don't even know whether or not the car is going to start. Don't, don't know nothing, but you're saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Because if he woke you up, listen to this. If he woke you up, Everything is going to be all right. And that is what we have to say. This is going to be an all right day. This is going to be one of them good days. And even though the car don't start, this is going to be a good day. There's a reason for this. Even if the co-workers or someone are at odds, you can say, I'm going to have me a good day today. It's what you say. It's your confession. And no matter what. This is going to be a good day. Gideon got to the place to where he said, I don't know. I got a limited amount of crew with me, but I believe God. And I believe that this is going to be a good day. Don't know how I'm going to get the victory. Don't know how this is going to work out. But because God said that I am going to defeat them as one man, All I can do is say, let's go, God. Let's go, God. Let's do this. How many times do we neglect to say, let's do this, God? How many times do we neglect of saying, we can do this, God? Because we forget. We get so tied up and caught up in the natural And with everything that's going around us and all we can focus on is what is about to go wrong. What is about to go wrong? What is about to go wrong? And God is saying, let's focus on what is about to go right. What is about to go right? Are we expecting that? Or are we just one of those people that are in those places where we're saying, whatever. Let's move out of the whatever 
and move into let's go, God. Let's get this done. Even if it's just from going to the house, to Walmart, and coming out still saying, let's do this, God. Let's do this. Let's go through all of Walmart and not get aggravated and frustrated. Let's do this, God. We can do this because we're not alone. God is with us. He's our Emmanuel. He is with us. So don't focus on what's going wrong. Focus on what's going right. Focus on what's not right takes away our hope. When you're in that place and you're not focusing and you're not seeing the good hand of God in your life, where is your hope? It's not there. It's not there at all. So that's why we have to focus on the hand of God. Focus on the heart of God. He said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I will be with you. That is a total, for real promise. I'll be with you. I'm with you. I'll stay with you. But if you focus on the promises of God and allow your faith to spring forth, Hope can be seen, and the promises of God, which seem so far off, are now coming to existence. And this is where God told me, and it shall come to pass. It'll come to pass, y'all. The promises of God will come to pass. Don't let anything, nothing, take that away from you. I don't care what it looks like. The promises of God are yes and amen, and they will come to pass. I have four practical ways God can prepare you, just like he prepared Gideon for the big battle. One, God will assure you that you can trust his word. The Bible says that his word will never fail. Say before one jot or one tittle, of his word failed, say all heaven and earth will fail. I don't see heaven and earth failing. So that means the word of God is it's not going to fail. We got to trust God at his word. Not the words that we hear from out there, but the word that God is saying. Surround yourself around people that speaks the word of God. Surround yourself around people that know the God that you know. Surround yourself around people that know how to encourage you by the word of God. Surround yourself around people that see your worth. Because if you surround yourself around people that sees totally different from you, guess what? It won't be long before you start seeing what they see about you. You'll start seeing what they say about you and about what they say about you and what you hear won't join together. They won't knit together. So, Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord God, that you have people in our path that are connected to us that say what you say.
about us. Thank you, Father, for that. Father, I thank you that you're surrounding us with good friends. Friends, Lord God, that is so connected to you and connected to us, Lord God, that they are encouragers. Thank you, Father, for those people. Thank you for sending them our way, Lord God. And thank you, Lord God, for giving us the wisdom to know the difference. Because we need to know, we need to know, family, we need to know the difference of those that God is placing around us for our good versus those, Lord God, that is coming around us to take us off. God did not condemn Gideon for questioning him, but rather God graciously confirmed his call by providing an increased assurance that it was God's supernatural power working through Gideon. One of the things that I noticed through the scripture, as Gideon was looking at the army of the Midianites and the Amorites, sometimes the enemy wants us to think that we have the same playing field as the enemy. The devil is a liar. We don't. We don't. God the Father has a supernatural level for us. He elevates us above the enemy. We will never have the same playing field as the enemy has. Because what good would that be if we were on the same playing field? God had already declared to Gideon, he said, I will cause you to win this battle as one man. That was because he was preparing Gideon to make his playing field elevated to where he will be at a place in God that the enemy could not touch him. The second thing, God will give you his peace in the time of fear. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Where fear is, God says, I will be there with peace. When I have called you into a place or when you find yourself in a place where a battle is going on and you have to face the enemy, God is saying there's peace there for you. You are not alone. The third thing, God will strengthen you. As God strengthened Gideon, he will strengthen us to go. God had called Gideon to go. You can go. You can face this battle. You can face them. You got the victory over them. And regardless of what it looks like, there is more that be with you than they that be with them. I have called down a mighty army that is standing with you. You may not can see them with your natural eye, but spiritually they are there. And he's saying, God will strengthen you. Whenever we're facing a battle that seems insurmountable, God the Father will grace us with supernatural strength that will cause us to endure until the victory is seen. 
That means that even in the midst of it, when it feels like you want to faint, God is saying the victory is here and I will strengthen you. He did that for Moses with the children of Israel. Right at the time when they crossed over the Jordan, I'm sorry, the Red Sea. God had two men to stand there and hold up Moses' arms as he continued to minister to the people of God. God will place people around you to hold you up, to pray for you, to encourage you, to stand with you. There are times I've heard people say, I know you were praying. I felt your prayers. I know that there was someone standing with me because I felt like fainting, but yet I did not fall. I felt like surrendering, but yet I'm still standing. I felt like I couldn't go any further, but yet I'm still here. God will strengthen you regardless of what it looks like. And it looks like I can't go any further. God say, I will strengthen you. Hebrews 10 and 36 says, for you have need of endurance. So after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. See, he got to keep you up. There's a promise that's coming forth. There's a promise that you're about to receive. If you faint and you go down, how do you get it? He wants to hold you up and to keep you. Number four, God will give you his presence. Even in your worst nightmare, God will say, I'll be with you. I will direct you. I will lead you. I will strengthen you. I will assure you that you can trust my word. God is with us. He is our Emmanuel. Become clothed with his grace and his ease. For the battle before us is not our own, but the battle belongs to the Lord. He said, just stand with me through all of this. One of the main outcomes of believing God and trusting God is that there's only one outcome with God. Only one. And that one outcome is victory. That one outcome with God is triumphing. That one outcome is that we're going over and not going under. That one outcome is that he has called us to be the head and not the tail. That one outcome is that victory belongs to us. That's the outcome with God. When we trust him, when we believe him for the impossible. That is the outcome. So I thank God for the one outcome. The outcome is not a whole list of things to where we can say, oh, this, 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 this. Because all of the this, 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 this fall up under the one, the victory. Amen. The victory that we have in God. The reason why I can say and testify of the goodness of God is because there is, there was a season 
in my life where God showed himself so mighty, so mighty in my behalf and in my family's behalf. Several years ago, I had a daughter that went missing. Just went missing. There was no no sign. There was no saying um, that I'm missing. That wouldn't have been missing if she said it. But anyway, there was there was nothing. There was nothing there. She went missing. The kind of missing when you can't find them. The kind of missing that you're looking everywhere. And you have no idea the kind of missing that when you call authorities because of her age, they tell you there is nothing we can do. Sorry, she's of age. The kind of missing where you can't eat, you can't sleep, you can't do anything. That kind of missing. That kind of missing where no friends know where she is. No family member knows where she is. No one knows. And you're left there with God. My prayer to God was this. What do we do? It wasn't what I could do, but I needed to join in with God. I need to be a co-laborer with him during this time. What can we do? And the thing that God told me to do, there was a whole lot of them that I'm not, I, time won't permit me to go through. But the missing went on for six years. There was times when the phone would ring in the middle of the night and due to caller ID, I knew it was her. But she wouldn't say anything. And I would say, is this you? And there would be nothing that she would say. But I would say, I love you. And God gave me a name for her. He didn't want me to call her by her name that I gave her. But he gave me another name just for that season. Because I don't even think I've called her that name since God has restored. The name was Honeybee. And I say, honeybee, is that you? She wouldn't say anything. But then time would go on. And in the midst of all of that, God said, the one thing I need for you to do, I need for you now to pray for others. How do you pray for other people when your heart is breaking? How do you pray for others when it seems like Well, I want to be somewhere where people can pray for me. Don't you know, God, where I am? Don't you know what's going on in my house? But the father said, I know, and I got it. I got you. He said, but it shall come to pass. I'm talking about having the faith to believe the impossible. So as I lay on the floor and I'm starting to cry out for me, he's saying, pray for somebody else because you're not the only mother that is missing a child. You're not the only mother 
that is crying out. See, God hears our cries when we cry. He hears the cries of, the, of his children. He is accustomed to it. So don't ever think that I'll hold back my cry because it's going to burden God or it's going to bother God. No, he's accustomed to hearing the cries of his children. And just like any place else, if you go into a place and you hear the cry of your child, you automatically know that's my baby. That's my child because I know the voice. I know their voice, but I continue to pray. And God say, do this. Go here. Do that. Do that. Okay, God, but what about me? No, do that. Do that. Do that. But did you forget me? No, go do that. Do that and do that. I'm working for so many other people until it got to the place to where I stopped being worried about her. I stopped being concerned about her. I knew that she was in God's hands. It's something about when you start working for others and you start ministering to others, you start loving on others, that God will take whatever it is that you have given him and he's working it and he's turning it around for your good. God does that. He does that. On my birthday, I was here. We had left Miami. We're now here. Didn't know how I was going to leave Miami because my whole thing was, suppose she decides to come home. We won't be in place. We're leaving. We're going to Thomasville. But there was such an assurance, just like God had given Gideon. There was such an assurance that it was going to be okay. On my birthday... I received a call. No, it was the day before my birthday. I received a phone call. And this time when I got the call, the call said, because I didn't have caller ID at work, and I heard, Ma? And I said, yes. And she said, can I come home? And I said, yes. But at this point, it was a yes that was a strong yes. It was a yes that had been transformed. It was a yes that was a yes that was, there's boundaries and there's things that are set up. But it was still a yes. On my birthday, I got up and I prepared myself and I went because she told me where she was and I went and got her. I went and got her. And I brought her home. And she's been home ever since. But it was a battle. It was a a battle that at the beginning God says, and it shall come to pass. And on today, I didn't know until someone tapped me on my shoulder that she's in the congregation this morning. And that is is part of my prayer to where there's more to come to pass. Because the Father, according to his word, says, forsake not to assemble yourself. And that's the other part of what I'm believing, God, is that there will be more of assembling 
herself in the congregation, someone that pays their tithe. This young lady pays her tithes every payday. So if she is paying her tithes, giving of her tithes to this ministry, that means she's already connected in a certain way. So I'm believing that there's going to be a physical manifestation of her being connected to the body of Christ here at VFC. Thank you, Lord. The faith to believe the impossible. Through it all, there was days when I didn't think so. But because there's a great manifestation of a human person in the midst that God has brought in, all is well, and it did come to pass. It did come to pass. People of God, family of God, let's stand. Because I could go on some more, but we have another service. <laughs> Bow your heads. I would like to pray with you. I would love to pray with you. Father, thank you, Father, that there is no enemy in the earth or beneath the earth or above the earth that will prosper against us. For we are equipped and we are ready by the power of the Holy Ghost to fight the good fight of faith when faced in a battle. You have clothed us in your mighty armor and we're moving forward in total victory. Yes, we're, we're moving forward in total victory, family. For the battle has already been won. You are always with us. Therefore, we cannot and we will not ever be defeated because our trust is in you. Our trust is so in you, Lord God. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you with our families. We trust you with our children. We trust you with our spouses. We trust you with our jobs. We trust you. We trust you. Because of our faith, to believe the impossible. Our victory over the enemy shall and will come to pass. Father, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And that which is lost shall be restored in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.